0: hey welcome to slashers and spirits a horror movie podcast in this show kim and i show some of our favorite horror movies to aj who hated the genre until just recently it's also tradition that we drink heavily throughout this process i'm Aaron.
1: i'm aj i'm
2: kim
0: hey how's everyone doing it's been a while
1: It has been. I panicked right now because um, every once in a while when we're recording, I panic about how much I'm breathing because I think I breathe too heavily. (laughs) And then I like panic and then I breathe super weird. And so that just happened because (laughs) we haven't recorded in a while. (laughs) I get get it, but I don't uh, at the same time. You know what? That's me for most cases in the world. (laughs) People kind of get me, but they don't super get it.
0: oh god yeah it's been it's been this is probably our longest gap yeah because i think i think after our last candy man we had done like two in a row week to week which was kind of unusual for us so we were like all right we'll 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 take the next week off but then the two weeks after that molly and i were prepping for vacation and leaving for vacation <laughs> like the same time so we just had to take like three weeks off so it feels weird to say the last one we recorded was candy because it felt feels like an eternity ago
1: yeah that feels like so long ago <laughs> yeah
0: it really was, <laughs> but we're back now, um our October releases got uh shortened a little bit, but we'll probably still get this is our first October, like Halloween is episode mm-hmm. and um kim's choice next week we wanted to do a month but it doesn't really matter i mean it's halloween all the time whenever we do this podcast <laughs> so <laughs> <Big pass. laughs> times really don't matter <laughs> i just felt like obligated to do more movies that would involve like trick-or-treating or like something mm-hmm. you know like actually i guess the holiday itself but um it, there's just really we could do that at any time I also forgot that we watched Halloween 4 before going to Horror Nights. Yes. And that wasn't for a podcast episode, but no. we still got together to like watch it, and I keep forgetting that we didn't do Halloween 4 as an episode.
1: Yeah, that was also... We went to Horror Nights. I went to my first ever Horror Nights yeah. since we recorded last.
0: And you were a complete mess before we got it <laughs> <laughs> All right, call me out. You were strong um, until we got to the gates, I feel.
1: I was, I think it took, yeah. When we were in line for the first maze, I was like, wait, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, how did I get here? What's happening? Why am I here? And then I had that again on the second maze. And then i kind of started hitting a stride i think we finally got some drinks i finally relaxed a little and then i was finally <laughs> like all right let's fucking do this again
0: hollywood horror nights this year was kind of a clusterfuck in my opinion i mean it, it was, was it was still good but like the way the event was run was kind of a nightmare but um and just really long lines and but well, i still had a blast and i'm glad that aj left with a good opinion of it but you can't yeah. have fun
2: yeah, I love Horror Nights every year. I think it's always great. It can literally be a pile of shit, and I will still love it. So
0: <laughs> I, I very much feel the same way, but I've never had to wait 45 minutes for a beer before. Oh, yeah, was that, gonna, that was, was
2: insane. That was so
1: annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and then they wouldn't let you buy more than one.
0: Yeah.
3: No, we, Kim bought me one. We found her right ways out. around that. <laughs> <laughs> a And they time.
1: were... Canned cocktails that they just poured into a cup, like they were not making mixed drinks, and it took so long. I just, I'll never get over it.
0: Yeah, they, they were charging fifteen dollars for a cocktail that was literally a can they poured into a glass. Yeah,
1: and you can get four of them for twelve dollars at the store.
0: <laughs> well, that's any that's any drink anywhere, you know. Yeah,
2: but the vibe was good. Yeah, the vibe no, was
0: definitely.
2: good. The, the mazes crew was were good um Maces yeah we're fine top of the game as per usual
0: man i'll tell you what though going to to florida was pretty crazy because they just have room and like all the mazes are like four times as long mm.
3: oh.
0: <laughs> and on like our first two mazes like my my like gut instinct of like okay this, this maze is ending soon was just like obliterated where <laughs> i was like oh my god it's still going it's still going it's <laughs> <is> gonna end <sighs> it was all good stuff but yeah it was a blast just kind of getting the haunts out of the way and hopefully we wind up planning something for not soon too yeah
1: yeah that so was, that's the plan
0: half of the recording or like the watching the movie portion and recording of this podcast is also planning like future things yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, are we going to this are we doing this what's happening when are we hanging out next let's do this <laughs>
1: that's how you know we're actually friends
0: yeah to thunk? Don't tell. Don't, think... don't say that too loudly in front of Kimberly. Yeah, She's please gonna... don't. <laughs> yeah, gonna... she'll get
3: triggered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so we should touch on Candyman last time, even though I feel like we've beaten this subject to death. Um, I've seen nothing but like pretty damn good reviews for Candyman. Um, the second I, one? Yeah i I've been thinking about it like a lot, and I've come to think that while I liked it, I mean, it just uh, it just doesn't hold a candle to the first Candyman. And I've I've settled on it a bit but i i still i still really liked it what about you too yeah
1: i really liked it i also just remembered something else that has happened since we recorded last but um it's not important anyways (laughs) um yeah i still really liked it i think i think you're probably right i think the first one's probably better um but i enjoyed it
0: yeah in my head it probably went from like a 9 to an 8 like but while sitting on it, and maybe even slightly less, but not—I'm not, not going to push it much more than that. I, I'd say my bar for like remakes or reboots is pretty low, so yeah. it was like it was certainly above average. Um, I also feel like if they were to bring Tony Todd back for a sequel. I'd be, like, all in with, like, the world they've created. But, yeah, overall, I think I think it's going to wind up being pretty forgettable in, like, the long run. But I I don't have, like, negative things to say about it, per se. Mm, besides I that. Mm-hmm. And, Kim?
3: I, I
2: agree. I mean, no, I don't, I, I didn't really, I don't think much of that movie. I definitely didn't watch it. And I don't think I really plan to. But but the reviews are good. Good for them. Good for the director and the actors. I'm glad they're getting recognition. Just for me, it's not going to be a horror movie staple. Or mm-hmm. even a Halloween staple anytime soon, in the way that the original will be. I will definitely be showing the original and rewatching the original because I really like it. Not much for the remake, so.
0: If you slammed them both in front of me, I'm always gonna choose the first one, mm-hmm. like, for sure. I think it's not one I'm gonna rewatch anytime soon, but it'll be a fun rewatch in like three years. That sounds more negative mm-hmm. than I intended mm-hmm. it to be, but I think after like a good amount of time passes, I'll have like probably a clearer lens to look at it again, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Like, I wasn't a big fan of the Friday the 13th reboot at first, but upon rewatching it i, I really like that reboot that was a uh, almost a contender for today as well
1: really oh
0: yeah i i really i really like the friday reboot the uh the unrated version's almost a softcore porno though <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was pretty bummed the first time i watched the unrated cut just to realize it was just like the tit cut you know yeah. like yeah. i was like oh i was hoping for an extra kill or like you know extended kills but really it's just boobs um, which don't get me wrong it's not a bad thing but yeah <laughs> anyway we're we're a bit off topic
3: here um, so. <laughs> we always
0: get to boobs that's where we end up i have boobs on the brain <laughs> <laughs> um, this week i decided to watch trick or treat that's trick R treat from uh 2007 uh, i fucking love this movie it's certainly not perfect but i think um it's a perfect like Halloween movie because, you know, it's about essentially like the protective spirit of Halloween, but it's something you can kind of like zone out of and come back in. It's a, it's a movie you could watch on TV on Halloween day and like cut into it at any point and know what's going on. I think the Creepshow inspiration is very apparent and that's a movie that's near and dear to my heart, but it's <laughs> Creepshow show as if the creep mascot played a role in it as well, which is something I wish Creep Show did more of uh, because the creep as like a character is so interesting and I'd like to see him like in some of the like stories. So I love to see Sam kind of like take a role. I mean, Sam
3: was kind of slept
0: on for a long time, but I feel like in the past three years, Trick or Treat's becoming larger and larger. Wouldn't
3: you agree, Kim? Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. They did, uh, they included the music, I believe in Horror Nights in 2017, I believe. And then merch and whatnot this past- past year and this one that we just had, a lot more merch, not only yeah. in, like Spirit Halloween and all those kind of horror stuff, but also like in Horror Nights as well.
0: But they had a great maze for it at Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's one of the standout mazes of the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, I feel like the movie's having a resurgence, and I'm really surprised it doesn't have like a sequel or a show coming out anytime soon. In a time where every you know, how is Shutter not funded a movie yet? You know,
2: <laughs> the director talked about um, making a sequel after he had a couple other jobs lined up, and then I think he did like the Godzilla movie, um, and he said mm-hmm. after that. Once that was done, his next project would be hopefully to focus on doing a part two. Um, I don't think there's any like dates or anything concrete, but I do know he's talked about it before.
0: That's it. Tr- I knew he'd always wanted to do one, but it mm-hmm. was just like, as soon as someone pays me to do it, I'll do it. You know? like, <laughs> as soon as that, uh, that happens. But I didn't know there was more concrete, like, I mean, not concrete, but he had at least spoken to it since then. That's good to hear. Um, oh, we should comment on what we're drinking, right? Yes. This is, this is how we podcast. We do this, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> If I remember correctly. Do you want to go first AJ? So
1: I changed my drink, but originally oh, I was drinking Bailey's apple, pla- apple pie flavor uh-huh. and it was good. Um, I couldn't finish it cause it's just heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's cream <laughs> and I drank a whole glass of it. Oh, um, wow, nice. yeah. <laughs> um, so I switched to white Claw, but, um, now I'm having a black cherry white claw, which is my favorite white Claw. Mm. Um, but yeah that's what i'm drinking what are you drinking
0: um i'm drinking stone enjoy by halloween ipa Mm. so it's an ipa that'll taste like shit as soon as november starts so (laughs) i love it it's got a spooky can i'm having a good time um okay before kim goes what's your bet
1: (laughs) okay i'm betting it's um (laughs) that one drink what was it
0: that's like a corona fresca okay that's my guess too (laughs) And I'm not just saying that because you said it. That was that was my that was my guess too.
1: Yeah, I don't so. know why tonight doesn't feel like a wine night. Tonight it does. It's like it a doesn't. Corona Fresco night.
0: It does. I feel the Fresco coming.
1: All right, Kim, go.
2: I <laughs> feel you guys are gonna hate me, and you're gonna be like, "This isn't actual wine. Um, it's Stella Rosa, but it's the
3: rosé." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I take it we got a brand
1: name and everything I'm happy What <laughs> podcast did I bash Stella Rosa during? I don't I think remember,
2: it but it was uncalled for Because Stella Rosa has <laughs> never done anything wrong to anyone But produced They have, they've wronged me Wine <laughs> that's not too strong
0: I would think Stella Rosa's wronged quite a few people Not because of yeah. taste, just like I'm sure people have done dumb stuff on Stella Rosa
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that they've wronged me Which, personally, because I think that if you're a wine, you should get me drunk and Stella Rosa will not do that.
2: If you drink the whole bottle, it will. Oh shit! I don't know, man. I've drank a
1: whole bottle of Chardonnay on this podcast multiple times and (laughs) (laughs) I was never that drunk.
0: You built different. (laughs) This this podcast is going to be evidence in court at one point. (laughs) I'm also recording actively while driving a car. Did I mention that? (laughs) Oh yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) all right um back to trick or treat um (laughs) kim i know that this was probably on your list to show as well right like Mm -hmm. i assume so do you want to talk to a bit of why you would love this movie why you would have chosen it even though i snatched it
2: first honestly i just think sam is really cute i think he's so cute and i love him so much i don't remember when i first saw this movie i'm pretty sure i thought it was going to be shit like i had really low expectations for this movie only because it I hadn't heard about it. Like, no one had talked about it. It wasn't circulating around, like, the quote-unquote horror community. No, I hadn't heard any reviews for it. I don't, I'm pretty sure I saw it, like, when it was on DVD or something like that, like, in passing. And I was surprised by how much I actually, like, enjoyed it it's entertaining i guess i could say it's an entertaining halloween movie there's not much else i think it has to it substance wise there's not really much to really say in terms of like oh theme and like underlying message no. it's just plain halloween entertainment in bite-sized which... pieces which to me really enjoyable to just kind of sit down and watch and i'm, I'm planning on saving this movie to watch actually with um, someone else on Halloween just because it's just so easy to like pay yeah. attention to and enjoy. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's funny that you that you say that because my watching of this movie for the first time is very similar. Um, And with you saying that there's no like heavy content or like themes I think that that's like a very bad thing to say about a movie that's an hour and a half of one plot mm-hmm. but with it being multiple 20 to 25 minute like mini stories it never becomes disinteresting. You exactly. Because it, it just sounds weird to be like yeah the movie has no theme or actual, like, message to it. I loved it you know it's, it's, yeah. it's weird
2: well I guess like the theme I guess is just like Halloween and Halloween tradition and stereotypes yeah. and superstitions and stories that you would find in Halloween and like it's it's very simplistic but I think that's why it's able to work so well if you kind of know what you're going into like this yeah. isn't this isn't going to be like Halloween like the movie this isn't going to be like a slasher franchise it's not an A24 movie it's not going to be something mm-hmm. it's not going to be like I'm going to shade malignant where it trying to be something that it's not did you see Malignant? I did see Malignant and I, oh. it made me laugh but I don't think that was its intention so I you've, don't you've me. know you've if I liked me. it or not yeah, it made me I, laugh I, I, at both points to see it <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> I saw this movie in like 2011, probably back when I would watch every shitty horror movie that would mm-hmm. touch Netflix mm-hmm. with like a group of friends. And I remember seeing it on Netflix, being like, "All right, let's watch this piece of shit." And then like the credits rolled, and I was like, this, "That was good, right?" <laughs> like, did y'all like that? Because <laughs> you know, like that shit slapped. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of was like a, a little surprise for me too. And I'm glad to see it, it's getting its due now.
2: Yeah, and I'm. Su- I mean, I can understand people that might see this and not resonate with it in the same way you're expecting like everyone's traditional horror movies for Halloween is going to be like The Exorcist like Halloween um Insidious you know something like that that's scary and this is more so entertaining and that's usually not my vibe I don't really like movies that are trying to be funny but this movie doesn't try to be funny I don't think it has comedic essence but I don't think it tries to be something it's not
0: it's weird. I'm, I am I want to say that I was surprised by you enjoying this movie. But at the same point, I couldn't think of anything you'd really have to say against it. So, like, I yeah. wasn't surprised you liked this movie. But from, like... But I almost, almost should have been.
2: <laughs> it's sense? not, like, in my top ten list of, like, favorite movies. Like, I don't rewatch this movie often. I honestly do save this movie for Halloween.
3: Uh-huh. Like,
2: when I was making my list for, like, movies that I'm going to see on Halloween night, this movie's on it just because it's a Halloween movie. But let's say it was, like... A random day in may and i'm really in the mood for like one of my favorite movies i'm probably not going to think of this one off the top of my head and that's not because it's bad it's just yeah it's more like a seasonal thing you know in the same way that like pumpkin spice lattes are a seasonal thing this movie to me, <laughs> is, me. this is Besides like a seasonal thing and <laughs> like, i should call him I should call <laughs> sam. <laughs> sam should come out now it's time Honestly, though, it, it very much is very much in theme for the holiday. And that's, I think, what I appreciate most of the movie is it's very, I love Halloween. I love everything about Halloween. So seeing a movie that also circulates around Halloween is also very, um it's enticing. And it's also just, I, I don't know, it's nice to nice to watch.
0: I, I, I agree with everything you said. I I, I think, um I, I guess I don't really rewatch it a lot either, but I watch it at least once a year. And it's, it's around this time. Aj, what were your initial? What's your initial? Yay, it's
1: my turn. I was specifically (laughs) holding my opinion. Um, I fucking loved it. I really did. It's. I think it's really enjoyable. Um, it's definitely entertaining, like you guys were saying, and I could see how it becomes a classic for the time period, like because it's Halloween night. Like that's the setting. Like it's very easy for it to be like, oh, we watch this every Halloween. Um, it's gotta be within my top three of movies we've watched so far.
3: Really? Oh, wow.
0: Uh,
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: (laughs) That's surprising. I'm into that.
1: I forget what my top one is. It's Candyman. That's what it is. Mm. It's Candyman, Midsummer, and this one. Those are my top three.
0: All right. I think that's pretty fair. I'm I'm gonna look at our our episodes so far.
1: (laughs) See if there's anything to argue with. It's still
0: (laughs) really weird to be like, oh, let me check our episodes and go to Spotify. (laughs) Well, okay. So the thing
1: that happened is I showed people our podcast and I listened to it and I don't, really listen to the podcast like none of us do listen to it yeah we I've listened to one episode and like maybe half of it and then we just let Molly do that part like (laughs) none of us listen to it and I had to sit in a car and listen to it and it was pretty good like I was like oh like it's weird because I would remember what was happening like as it was happening because I lived it and I think if that didn't happen I'd have a different approach but like my friends were like involved in it and were asking me questions were commenting and like stuff like that so that was cool
0: what episode did you listen to
1: we let me look at the list oh multiple we listened to two oh, um good. we like started one and then switched
0: well our bit be- our best one willie's wonderland of course right huh. yes
1: obviously i'm
2: so over that well, fucking movie.
0: molly said that was a good podcast though just because we all hated it she said her favorite we two should. were were willie's wonderland and um conjuring conjuring three, 3. We we're all united on fucking <laughs> hating that movie I get more obs- I hate Conjuring 3 more than Willy's Wonderland. Like and it's a big gap too. <laughs> it's
2: a, it's a large I gotta gap. I got to think about that. No, I hate Willy's I think, Wonderland. I think
1: that Conjuring 3 takes itself seriously. I don't know, Willy's Wonderland might take itself seriously. I, I wouldn't hesitate
0: for a second if I had to rewatch one of them again right now. <laughs> it, would, it would be so
1: easy. I mean same. I would also pick Willy's Wonderland. I would not. If I had to rewatch it. So we listened to the beginning of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then realized that they had all only seen the remakes, uh. so they didn't know what was going on. And so then we listened to The Conjuring and we got further into The Conjuring, like the first one. So, yeah, um, and they're pretty good. And I forgot a lot of what I said and I will continue to forget things that I say on this podcast. <laughs>
0: Well, it is based around drinking, so...
1: Yeah, but I normally remember everything that happens with drinking. I think it's specifically this podcast that makes me
0: forget things. It's bad for your brain. You heard me now. This This podcast is bad for your brain. Alright, should we talk about Trick or Treat then? We're blessed with another movie that's very easy to talk about. Yeah. 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 Um, So Trick or Treat is... A movie kind of like Creepshow, it's an anthology where it's broken into four or five arguably different
2: segments. I would
0: say five. Uh, Let's go over
2: director and actors beforehand. Yeah,
0: go for it. I was kind of going to lead into... Oh,
2: do you want to just do that? Lead into it? Explain Um, what it is and then...
0: Um, so Trick or Treat's an anthology film based around, like, four or five different segments of, they're all written by the same person, so it's not like they're completely separate. They all take place over the course of one night, and all the stories touch each other in, like, light ways, where they kind of connect. And I know that it is a, um, it was a, I almost want to say pet project. What's what I'm looking for? It was, like, the dream project of the director, who had been creating this character of Sam in the sackhead for like a long time and uh he was even doing it i think in college was, when he was like doodling exam and having ideas and his labor of love finally came to came to life when he made trick-or-treat and um, if you wanted to go over the director, because his name's escaping me and I hate myself for it. Sure. But if you wanted to go over for this now, Kim. <laughs> sure.
2: So it's directed by Michael Doherty, I believe is how you pronounce his last mm-hmm. name. He's also the producer of Krampus, which I really love that movie. It's another movie <gasps> Can that Can we I'm...
1: watch it for Christmas?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I've
1: seen that one.
0: Oh, I, I love it. But I love, I love it. Kim says Krampus instead of Krampus. I know. And you think think it's funny. You'd think that this wouldn't come up often, but I feel like Kim brings up Krampus a lot. Yeah. So I I listened to
1: three different episodes of a podcast about Krampus before I watched Krampus. And it was literally because this person had heard about it and was like, what the fuck is that? And like heard about the German fairy tale of it, which I learned when I took German. And, um, and then they like became obsessed with it so then they finally saw it when it came out and it was like this whole fucking thing and so this was like 5 years ago but i i watched the movie and i would love to watch the movie again cuz i love it so i think you should watch you it hated
0: Delayed it potentially by saying you enjoyed
1: it. You know what? It's my fucking pick. I'm taking
0: over the podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, Kim. So he made your favorite movie as well.
2: He made *Krampus*, which I think is a very good movie that I also like. Um, he's had other works as well. Um, I believe he's had some short horror films as well. Um, but yes, he did work on this film and he also helped write it. Uh, the music is done by Douglas Pipes and I'm highlighting that because I think the movie, the music in this movie is particularly really well done, really well timed. Yeah. Um, it stars Anna Paquin as Lori. She is also a well-known actress. At this point, she was rather unknown and then she rose to popularity by starring in movies like X-Men and True Blood, a series on HBO. Ay. Dylan Barker who plays the role of Stephen Wilkins, also a pretty well-known actor as well. Quinn Lord, who plays the role of Sam, my favorite little guy. Rochelle <laughs> Ice, who plays Maria. Brian Cox, who plays Mr. Craig. There were also other people included, but they have their little roles, so I can't find yeah. the entire cast list. But everyone in this particular uh, movie, really good actors, I think. All across the board everyone does a really good job and i think that's kind of what helps this film be so successful despite how crazy it would seem when you have a non-linear plot line um yeah. i think the acting helps a lot as well as the directing in terms of making this movie as successful and as easy to like than other anthology movies in particular or in comparison, I should say.
0: And they don't all play out individually either. It's not like they play one to completion and then go to another one. They kind of, like, introduce everybody in the beginning and then continue them and then they start ending them one at a time. So it, it makes you feel, like, more attached to the cast, I guess, right? Like, they yeah. they, they all are in the movie throughout the whole movie, despite, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, I, I forgot about the first one by the by the fifth one, you know?
1: Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. I'm
0: sorry, Kim, did I cut you
2: off? mm that was it. That was the the list of actors and cast that I had.
0: Um. All right. So do we kind of just want to go through them one at a time then? Yes. I'll I'll do the uh I'll do the introduction and then I'll pass it off to either of y'all. But um, we start on Halloween night. The whole movie takes place on Halloween night, and it's in kind of like a residential neighborhood. And the it's a couple returning home. From some party, we can assume the wife's dressed as a robot, and the man's dressed as a dominate. What the fuck was he? I don't know. I, I think like an anyone. alien. It reminded me of the Jetsons.
2: Yeah, I think kind of was meant to be like that. The Jetsons. He looked like the
0: executioner from Shrek without like the hood. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I felt. That's the vibes I got. Oh, from I want to watch Shrek. Molly would say Shrek's a horror movie, but we'll touch Hell yes. They come back from. Uh, halloween party and they say they're both drunk but none of them really look too drunk Same. but anyway yeah they um they come home and the husband just wants to go upstairs and go to bed and, and also have sex and the wife's like no we're gonna take down all of our halloween decorations while we're drunk on halloween night because my mom's gonna be so angry when dumb. she comes over tomorrow and sees these." okay yeah. but
1: hold on I have issues. Why did you invite your mother over the next day if you knew she was going to be annoyed with your decorations when you could have just taken the next day to clean the decorations and then invited her over for the day after that?
0: I mean, you're correct. I don't think either of us could can, can argue with this, really.
1: I'm just... That All, seems so stupid.
0: Although, I think later they talk about that part of the movie happening at, like, 8.15pm.
3: Mm-hmm. So...
0: It, it makes it more ridiculous on the end of, you're going to take down all of your Halloween decorations at, like, the day's not even over. It's like, yeah, like, there's still kids out. But also, it's like, you're a grown-ass man, and you're going to go to bed, and you're going to let your wife <laughs> take down Halloween decorations alone at 8 o'clock. It's not 4 a.m. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> she, she A lot starts... of problems. Yeah. Um... They can also apparently only have sex if there's a porno on in the background. Yeah.
1: What the fuck was up with that? Because who does
0: that? I mean, I'm sure some people do it. It just seems like...
1: The VHS also. What year was this supposed to be in? I think it's purposely vague. Yeah. It's like Stranger Things?
0: Well, Stranger Things is direct years.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like, don't know why. For some reason, whenever I think purposely vague, I think Stranger Things. I don't know
3: why. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's like oh. the 80s. <laughs>
0: what movie do you think of when you think of vague time periods, Kim? Or a movie specifically?
3: Um...
2: I just want to
0: see if it matches mine.
2: Oh, probably not. Um, I've literally been watching horror movies all this month, so everything that's coming to mind are ones that are literally ingrained in, like, the 80s or (laughs) the 70s. Uh, So it's probably the worst time to ask
0: me that question. that's, That's totally fair. I always think it follows okay that's it, fair oh, i
1: want to watch that movie
0: it follows has like so old cars in it but they have like smartphones sometimes yeah but they're like weird smartphones and it, the movie could either take place in like the 60s 70s 80s 90s or 2000s like it is like it's so weird how you can't tell uh, it's interesting that you hate that movie um i, think I don't dumb. love it uh I, I think it's like anyway we'll go into this later i a, like <laughs> I, i'm mixed on that movie but i'll defend parts of it but I think I wanted I do to think watch This it. one's vague. I I'd, I'd, I'd guess like I'd have to guess like God, I don't want to say eighties. I think 80s like ninety-five. Yeah, they still have VHS tapes, which is which but there's makes like sense. flip phones. Oh, you're right. There were flip phones, but then the neighbor has a dial phone still, like a yeah, like a like a a circle dial phone.
1: But I had one of those growing up. Did I you? Think? Think. I have a memory of one. I don't know where the fuck it was.
2: Kim, did you have a phone like that? <laughs> no, I don't think so, no. I think it was,
1: like, purposely retro, but I definitely oh, okay. had one. Interesting. Uh, well, we, are, we are sloppy <laughs> today.
0: Um, but the That's wife starts of the taking point. down all the Halloween decorations um, slowly, and then her husband goes upstairs and falls asleep, and then something jumps out of the box that she's throwing all their fake ghosts into, drags her into the street, and kills her. The husband then wakes up, not the next morning, but we can assume a couple hours later. Yeah. Um, and he goes downstairs, can't find his wife anywhere, and then he pulls down one of the ghosts, and her head is on the stand that the ghosts, the sheets were over. Okay. To do their ghosts, but she has a lollipop in her mouth that stretches her cheeks out comically on her severed head. And I think it's probably one of the most iconic parts of this movie. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb, like, it's not like, but I love it to death. And it's uh it's probably the face of the movie despite just hardly being there, right?
2: It's a good way to open, I would say. It doesn't take too long to get to that point. The opening scene's very short. And I mean it's it's effective in the sense that I didn't turn off the movie the first time I saw it and like moved on. So it was pretty it was pretty good. I liked it.
0: All the great um, horror movies I think of are made or broken by their first six minutes Mm -hmm. yeah it
2: wasn't too cheesy where i was like oh this is gonna be really lame it was more like oh interesting
0: you were saying aj
2: when okay
1: correct me if i'm wrong but when the husband or boyfriend comes out he like looks it looked like she had a ring on but looks at like a hand dangling and in my head i thought it was like the girlfriend or wife's hand um but there was a ring on it I was curious. It was like, would you, would anyone be able to recognize, like, a hand like that? Be like, oh, shit, that's my wife's hand. Like, that's what I was thinking about during it, that. I don't you know.
0: Could, like, you're saying, could, like, a bunch of people you know and a couple strangers put their hands in, like, a box and take a photo of it? You think you'd be able to point out some people's hands? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> I was curious. Like, if, like, Aaron, if you saw a dangly hand, would you know it was Molly's? I
0: don't know. I bet I could point out Molly's hand in the lineup. Okay. I'm not sure if you could show me a hand and be like, whose hand is this? But you could. But if it was like a line, like, find Molly's hand in there. I could do
1: it. Interesting. What do you think, Kim? <laughs> That's <a weird> question.
0: <laughs> Kim can
1: you find Molly's hand in the lineup?
2: <laughs> could you
0: recognize people's hands? <laughs> I
2: suppose it depends how how much you see this person and how much you look at their hands to notice subtle things. Well, like that's that, why. I, guess. I mean, I'm assuming he's her husband, so he would know what her hands look like. And <laughs> who, who else's hand would it really be if, like, your wife is missing? You see a hand. I mean, an arm. You see, and I just don't know uh, why. Also, but yeah, I guess but... so.
0: A- Aj though she's right in the sense that that hand was a rubber glove filled with like felt beforehand like it was a rubber glove yeah. on his hand and suddenly it was a real hand. I could that's what the I'm real saying. Yeah. gloves. I don't think he was thinking. Oh my god, whose hand is that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just was curious literally the whole time I was looking at it. I was like, does he recognize that it's his <laughs> wife's hand?
3: <laughs> I, mean,
2: I think so. I mean, why would a stranger's hand just
3: be when <laughs> he's literally looking for his wife?
0: they there's had hands hand it was <laughs> a real hand nailed and she's like huh I wonder if he realizes that's his wife's hand not like oh my god there's a human hand here <laughs> <laughs> well, well those are different freakouts <laughs> they're different levels yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah her her head is up on the, on the pole with a fucking lollipop that's way comically too large in her mouth um so it's like puffs out her cheeks and it's pretty gnarly and then that kind of introduces the movie and it cuts to a very creepshow-esque like comic intro panel intro that i i just love to bits i think it's great and then pretty much for the rest of it we're kind of this is the point where they kind of start introducing bits one at a time this is probably my favorite one it's kind of hard compared to the bus store or the, the bus one later uh, the bus store help me uh i was gonna say bus story but i said bus. <laughs> i think the i like that one a lot too but i think this one takes it for me kind of, of kind of the comedic beats that are in it too but we see a kid walking down and smashing pumpkins and taking candy from uh doorsteps but then he stops at a house that says like please take one and he starts taking, like, all of them. And then we're introduced to Steve Wilkins, who... His actor is big, right? What was his actor's name?
2: Dylan Kennedy, so um, Dylan Baker.
0: I'm not quite sure what else he's been in, but I recognize him, like, immediately. But I, okay, I, I love yeah. him in this role. And uh, I think he completely sells this segment of the movie. And if he wasn't so good, the segment wouldn't be nearly as enjoyable. But he comes back and sees the kid, Charlie, correct? Taking all of mm-hmm. the candy off of his porch (laughs) it's kind of a savage thing where he's like that can't be good for your diabetes just like right away (laughs) Uh um and then he sits down and tells the kid to stay and have candy and he's carving a pumpkin On his doorstep, he went to go get like sharp knives. And this is when I really realized that this movie has some phenomenal sound design. A lot of the times in movies, knives don't look sharp as much as they sound sharp. And with every like swing of that knife, you can just feel how sharp it is and how close he is holding it to this kid, just having like a casual conversation with him about how important Halloween traditions are. And then Charlie starts suddenly heaving as he's eating the candy next to Wilkins. And he starts vomiting like almost like to an exorcist level. Like he's throwing, he's just puking down the stairs that lead up to Wilkins' porch. And I think it's such a cool set piece, and it's such a memorable part of this movie. Just this kid vomiting horribly, just mm-hmm. repeatedly. Just it's it's the it's the quantity of it that's so concerning too. And there was a point where AJ had said, "Is that chocolate or blood?" And it was like, "Yes, it's it's <laughs> both." and then he says the important lesson he was naming lessons like make sure you leave jack o lanterns out make sure you you know participate in halloween traditions and the last one was always check your candy i know not all those were right but yes do it and uh the kid kind of passes out in uh wilkin's lap right there do you want to do you guys want to give your take on that scene cuz i i i fucking love it
1: i think i was just shook by it i was very much not expecting like As he was throwing up and stuff, I was very much like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I, and I said this later, I don't know, I don't want to give too much away yet, because we're about to describe what happens next.
0: I think that they do the puke in such a way that it's completely ridiculous and cartoony, but doesn't go quite far enough that you're like, no, this n-, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, it doesn't seem, it, this, it seems like, wow, if someone was to puke like that, they're dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what it felt like to me. What do you think, Kim?
2: I liked it. I think Dylan Barker presents a character that's pretty creepy and gives off really big red flags without really having to have mm-hmm. much of a... Many lines or much of a big role. I mean, it's only been a few minutes in the movie, um, but I think he his presence is very well executed. I think the chocolate blood vomit pretty well done as well. Um, disgusting, I would say, because it's just like a copious amount, which is really gross. But again, things like that are pretty entertaining. Like it's not to say that seeing a kid vomit to death <laughs> is entertaining, but like it kind of is. And I think this movie does a really good job of not being overtly gory or overtly disgusting, but it does a pretty good job of having hints here and there, like this particular um, portion that is a bit nasty and gross. But I think, honestly, this whole part, this whole portion of the movie is really executed well because of Dylan Baker. I think he does a really good job. He's, he's
0: does really well at being creepy but he's not like yeah why is why aren't the police always at this guy's house you know like he, yeah. he also has the ability to like blend in he's like the principal of the school we learn later and mm-hmm. stuff and also this whole segment's really fucking dark like it's like a horrible atrocious crime that's happening that involves a child being abducted and murdered but mm-hmm. it is not grim for a second it's no. pretty comical and enjoyable the whole time and i really like that about it
1: and i think i think that's partially where i was like wait this is actually happening like <laughs> yeah, like i definitely was like taken back by the fact that he was for sure being murdered because that's your kind of instinct but then and i later said that i was like an episode of svu starting yeah but it's like it literally is like you're watching a child be murdered right now, but you don't feel like it. You feel like you're watching something like comically happen, and so it's very confusing to like experience.
0: What do you think, Kim? Or do you? Or should we continue a little bit so we can go forward? Yeah, a let's continue. Okay, and I bring up the humor because what happens next is he brings in the kid's unconscious body into his house, and the kid is still half conscious and vomiting, and he has these, and again, this is this this thing. Uh, This whole segment really reminded me how great the sound design is, because the gurgling and the the noise of this kid throwing up just turns your stomach. It's fucking revolting. But it's kind of comical when the kid throws up all over his shirt, and his shirt's now covered in blood, and then the doorbell rings, and there's a bunch of trick-or-treaters at the door. So it's like this weird dichotomy of two different tones. But he he goes and opens the door for the trick-or-treaters and the trick-or-treaters are the main characters of another story we're going to go through later but that's like a good example as to how these things connect they don't necessarily affect each other's plot as much as those little things like the trick-or-treaters from later are at his door right now (laughs) but they scream the second they see him because he's covered in puke blood all over his shirt then they decide oh nice costume he gives them all candy and then the last trick-and-treater is revealed to be Sam at the end, our, our sackhead boy. Um, I guess we haven't described him all too well, but I, I feel like like we'd never describe Michael Myers, right? But we might yeah. have to describe Sam a little bit, but he's in a kind of like orange pajamas and just a burlap sack over his head. And that's about it. Just a small child. Couldn't be like, what, six or seven? Is that fair? Mm-hmm. And we... Uh, he shows up at the door and he gets his candy and he walks off and we learn later that he people are kind of just passing the test. Are, are you? Do you celebrate Halloween? Do you keep up the traditions? And he has a jack o' lantern at his door and he gives out candy, so he kind of passes the test. But that's our first glimpse of like Sam in this universe. Um, I think this is. Good.
1: I think this is the first time I was like, oh, he's cute, because most of the time I don't think that the person's cute. Like Kim always thinks
0: they're cute, but. <laughs> I genuinely think Sam's adorable. Yeah, Sam's cute. I I would agree with that too. But then Wilkins takes the body of this kid outside and he has pre-dug a very large pit to bury this kid in in his backyard. And then we have kind of a comedy of errors where Wilkins' son comes home and is very annoying and obnoxious and he screams outside of his window that if they can carve a jack-o'-lantern yet and if he can go to the parade tomorrow and of course he's like kind of hiding the body being like, leave me alone! Uh, Go inside! We'll do this later um as he's you know it's kind of like a comedy he's trying to bury the body it's uh weekend at bernie's-esque i guess yeah and um all this noise makes his crotch old neighbor come out um what's his name again it's it's uh mr creek creek yes and he, you know, hides the body and is like, oh, sorry, the septic tank broke. I'm just trying to fix that. And the grumpy old man storms off being grumpy because that's his character trait. He's, he's the grumpy old man. The kid's still alive and making noises and shit. So then he finally is able, um, after a couple more inter- interruptions, to beat the kid at the shovel and finally kill him. <laughs> I
1: think, I thought that the, there was a second body in the hole and I thought the second okay. body was the one making the noise.
0: I never realized there was a second body, but then I noticed the hand that's in the grave has, like, a glove on it, like a costume yes, like a that the other costume. kid didn't it's have. It's like a clown. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. I, I, I think you, I remember that now for the first time questioning that there were two bodies. Are, was there even more than that? Kim, do you know? I think I there's, think only, there's two. only two. Okay, because that was certainly the first time I've watched this movie and seen that, uh recognized that. Um, but yeah, so there's like multiple bodies in the hole, finally kills that kid, the, the other kid, I guess, not, not Charlie, with the, the shovel, and then uh, it shows the pit all filled in and buried. And then um, finally, he's going to go inside and help his kid who's been screaming out the window periodically carve his jack-o'-lantern, but he seems very angry with his kid, and you start to realize as he's going downstairs that he probably has intent to kill his kid in the basement as they like, carve the jackal. Yes.
1: Which is when SVU is gonna start. <laughs> yes, that's when your
0: SVU instincts kicked in. But he goes downstairs, the kid's just, the kid's really obnoxious. He's super annoying. <laughs> he might be the only performance I don't like in this movie, but really? he's a child, so I can't bully this child. <laughs> but uh, were you saying something, Kim?
2: No, I was like I thought he was cute. I thought you were going to wow. wring
0: his neck as we were watching the movie.
1: Yeah. I, I am was shocked like, that Kim just said she thought he was cute.
2: No, he was adorable. He also was dressed kind of like Chucky, if you ever noticed. It's a I was nod gonna, to the to Chucky.
0: I was going to say that, but I was like, "Oh, I guess it's just a kid in overalls," but it really does kind of look like Chucky. No, but he does.
2: Yeah. yeah, he's purposely dressed like that to kind of give a little nod towards um, child's play. So it's probably why That's I great. like him.
0: And that's it. If if he was wearing anything else, he'd be like, Shut up, Charlie <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, so he goes downstairs and his kid's saying, You gotta remember to help me with the eyes and screaming and yelling and stuff <laughs> and then he puts his hand on his kid's head and raises the knife and stabs. We see blood on the knife, but they cut and make it show that it wasn't the kid he stabbed, it's Charlie's severed head sitting there and the kid is well aware that his father's a serial killer and he gives he says one final time, you have to remember to help me with the eyes, as they allude to cutting out the eyes of poor Charlie. Love it, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, this one's probably my favorite just because I really love Wilkins there's a second one that I almost takes it for me but I, I really love wilkins i think he's well performed he's a really memorable mm-hmm. character and i love that they'd go the extra mile to make it look like he's hiding the body from his kid in, in the yeah. beginning but once you rewatch it really he's not really hiding it as much as he's actually just irritated with his kid
3: <laughs> yeah. well and i
1: feel like he says like like he's trying to make sure the neighbors don't pay attention Versus him keeping the kid from paying attention.
0: Yeah, he don't want to, they don't want to get undue. Yeah. interest from the neighbors. Um, but yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Uh, you guys feel free to go off on this one.
1: What's the next one?
0: We can't no, I mean, still talk about this one. Oh. <laughs> um, I've said a lot.
1: I think that the idea that his son was in on it was very shocking to me. Also... I think I underestimated how much... I, I went into this movie thinking it was a slasher, I think. Because we had a character. And so I was like, oh, it's Sam. So Sam's going to kill everyone. And so I assumed that the storylines were going to be more focused on Sam than they are. And so um, having it in there was very like surprising to me. Like I was very much like, oh, they're not murdered. <laughs> so... That they're just the murderers. And I thought that, that was interesting. And so that was kind of, I think, as the beginning takeaway of the movie was, like, helpful because it set me up for the rest of the movie where that's for sure, like, an accurate representation.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Knowing, you know, Sam as being such an icon, you'd assume he would be the slasher in it. Yeah. Kim, where does this one rank for you?
2: Mm, it's kind of hard to say just because I feel like it has the most, I guess linear i wouldn't say the most but one of the most linear sort of plots probably the second most linear plot out of i know it's i know the whole thing is a non-linear narrative but i feel like start to finish with the character and what's going on it kind of comes into itself really well i think i think again when we have miniature versions of stories the downfall that is always going to be that there's not enough room for it to really reach its potential and I think that might be the only drawback of this portion is it's it's very quick. You know, you don't really have much time to linger in much suspense. But I think for the time it had and the space it took up in the movie, it did a pretty good job doing that. Um, I think, again, it is attributed to how well Dylan Baker did in terms of creating a character that's like, He's kind of funny, he's kind of comical, but also has those moments of, like, darkness. Like, when he's talking to one of the um, children who are asking for candy, he has that flicker moment when the child realizes that the blood on his shirt might actually be real. And all he says is, Happy Halloween, but he does it in such a good way that it very much gives that, you know, underlying fear that it was intended to give. So I think he does a really good job in shifting to being like, oh my god, my kid is bugging me as I'm trying to bury this body. Crazy. (laughs) Isn't parenting so hard? To being like, I'm going to kill this kid with a shovel so he'll shut up and I won't get in trouble so it's very much like a really good juxtaposition of character that I think he does really well I think as far as what the plot ends up being the end game I think this part of the story does a really good job in having that plot twist at the end you know that father-son bonding with like a little bit of murder in there it's kind of wholesome but in a really (laughs) (laughs) way. You know, like him and his son. It's honestly kind of a cute shot. Like him and his son, like he's like kind of holding his little kid and the kid's like having a great time and there just happens to be like a severed head on the table. And like it's <laughs> very cute and it's very Halloweeny and okay. <laughs> I think for that reason, this is probably, I I, I don't think it's my top, top favorite, but there's a lot about it that I really like. And I think they were smart to place it kind of in the beginning where this one kind of gets wrapped up earlier than the other ones, even though there is that interconnection with the other storylines. This one is the one that I believe finishes first. And I think they do that on purpose and it was really well thought out because it, it is a good way to kind of, as far as we know, end the character and where this particular, um, story's going. So it's, it's not my favorite for personal reasons, but I do think that it's, it's really well done. It's probably the most well done.
0: I think um, this one does end within the first half hour, I realize. And I don't think the others start to end until the last half hour Mm -hmm. or or maybe a little past. Yeah. But it does get a little breath of life later that I appreciate a whole lot. But I won't go too into. And I would say that when that does happen later, it's one of my favorite portions of the movie.
3: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um,
1: i have a tangent real fast uh-huh. so i could concern that the people i know are serial killers sometimes
0: and uh, i think our, our list of people <laughs> suspect is uh pretty short and also here right now yes so
3: <laughs>
1: when kim says it's some cute father son bonding <laughs> with a severed head um like she was already top of my list but like it just like brings her to a new level, you know. Like it just really ups her ability, and like not that I've ever thought of Kim murdering with her children, because I just don't typically think of Kim as the person who will have children. Um, mostly because
0: she hates children. That's not a, that's not a mean assumption on our our part. It's direct quotes from Kim.
2: Yes, I mean I can hate children, but not hate my children. I think oh. that's true. That's okay.
1: a very true statement. That's fair. I know people like that. That's true.
2: But maybe she'd hate them
1: less if they murdered with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little a little concerned.
0: We do shit like this and then we're like, how come Kim <laughs> acts like she hates us all yeah. the time? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay. Just to be completely truthful, I do not think Kim's a serial killer. No, I know I she so. would not murder anyone. I don't know. Oh, oh shit! you're on the list, gets offended and then gets mad at me when I try to backtrack
0: <laughs> she wants to she wants to you were you were having definites there, and she was like, no, oh, don't rule anything out. <laughs> I apologize Kim for, for what, me. Time, what did you do? <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm not on the list
3: <laughs> okay I apologize. Uh, <laughs>
2: Should we move on
0: to the next one?
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Which one should we do next?
2: We can do the Halloween school bus. That's what I was thinking. Or the three
1: little kids or the five little kids.
0: Of course, sounds like you volunteered, AJ.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. So the first time we meet the three little kids, it's um, I don't remember their names. So if somebody could give them to Macy, me, that'd be helpful. Macy, Sarah,
2: Chip, and Schrader.
1: Okay, so it's Macy, Sarah, and Chip. They are at the principal's house. Is Macy Doing. the mean one? I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. yes. Macy's okay. the mean one. Macy's
0: the mean because really, it's just Macy. Well, I guess they're all semi-important.
2: Yeah, Macy's but- the mean one. Sarah, the one with the, the braces, one. and Chip is the the little the pirate.
0: Boy. Yeah, yeah. And then Rhonda is the the witch. But yes, yeah. okay. yes.
1: And Trader the guy that like kind of hits on her, but doesn't. You know. Anyways, um, it's Macy, Chip, and Sarah, and they are at the um principal's house and getting candy and then they walk o- and they ask him for a pumpkin um to take with them for unicef um and then you see them again asking somebody else for a pumpkin which is like this drunk lady and oh then, i
0: love the drunk lady i love the drunk
1: lady so much she's dressed up as a cat she's very um she offers them alcohol and they're like no thank you can you please just give us andy and a pumpkin and then th- she ignores them about the pumpkin um and then they leave and then they run into schrader who has a couple pumpkins but not that many and then they go to Rhonda's house and Rhonda has a bunch of pumpkins and so they grab the amount that they need left from her and yeah. then and they bring her
0: and they kind of all reference that they think Rhonda's weird. Yes. Um I don't like saying it, but they, they refer to her as Rhonda the retard. And then like uh, that she's
2: a savant. Of what? Yeah. I don't know, but they just say that she's a savant. She's an idiot savant. <laughs> there you well. we go.
1: Yeah. An idiot savant. I, that's a okay. That doesn't make any sense, but that's fine. I don't remember that part. Um but they she comes with them. And they start going on this really long walk and they end up at these rock and it's called a a quarry. A quarry. Yes, there we go. Quarry. And they um and then Macy starts telling the story. But um Sarah and Chip kinda like jump in and start telling the story first. And then she's like, Excuse me, I'm telling the story and then she tells the story of the Halloween massacre where these children were on a bus and like they say that they're disturbed children. Um, they just are children who have a variety of different problems and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so they're on this bus and they're driving home, and one of them's like counting the houses so he knows which way they're going. And then the bus driver decides to go a different way than normal. And the um story says that the parents of these kids are exhausted. And so they decide to offer the bus driver, like, the um like a lot of money so that, that he could end their suffering. And so he walks around offering the kids candy and makes sure that they're all locked and, like, bolted in. But one of them breaks out of his chains and goes to the front while the um, bus driver's handing out candy and drives them off the cliff. And the bus driver survives, but none of the kids do.
0: The kids are also in these, I forget what, how many years ago they say it was, but it's 30. kind of like, oh gosh, like, we don't know when this movie takes place. <laughs> so that's yeah. hard to say. Oh, but okay. Yes. That's a good point. I, I can assume they're like 70s, right? Like, yeah. is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. If they're like 70s Halloween masks that are all rather innocent, but are also really fucking disturbing. Yeah. Each one of their masks is creepier than the, the others, and the kid that eventually takes the wheel is dressed as Dracula. And I think the look of these kids sells this entire bit. Like, the the old-timey costume look they have on the bus just adds so much to everything. And I think a lot of the merch that's come out for this movie shows those kids. So they're very... They they stuck with a lot of people, too. And I think that it's incredibly... Their looks
3: make it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, So they're at the same rock quarry that the kid the school bus crashed in and um and then Macy's like so we're gonna bring all these pumpkins these uh, jack-o'-lanterns down there and leave them on the side of the river and the other kids are like what and she's like yeah and so then her Sarah and I forget his name Chip no it's the Schrader. other one it starts with an uh, Schrader yeah. go down and you see them with the and then they like bring the the little carriage elevator thingy back up and then Rhonda and Chip get in, and then you can see the jack-o'-lanterns, like, lit up in the fog, and them talking, and you can hear them being like, oh, like, this isn't this. And then Sarah's, like, screams or something, and then it's like, in danger, and then they all start screaming, and you see all the jack-o'-lanterns, like, lose their light. You can't see them anymore. And so they're going down, and Rhonda and Chip are, um, Chip's, like, freaking out, and Rhonda's like, it's okay, just stay here, stay with the jack-o'-lanterns, they'll keep you safe. And then like goes out by herself and she's walking and she is like trying to find them. And then she sees the school bus and all of a sudden out of the water comes these creatures. And so she starts running because she gets really scared. And it's kind of a tense moment. Like I got kind of freaked out. I think it's the only moment in this whole movie that I was like, oh shit, what the fuck's going to happen? And I think it's because I really like Rhonda. Um, So I was like worried about her. But, um, we, they keep, she starts running, she loses her glasses, she has a Velma moment, and then she just keeps running instead, and she sees, like, she, as she's running, she sees, like, Chip's dead body with, like, guts coming out, and she's like, oh my god, and so she runs, and then she trips, and she falls, and she hits her head, and passes out, and then she comes to, and they're talking to her, these creatures are, like, talking to her, but They're like no, like, and she like freaks out, and then they're like no, no, it's just us, it's just us. Like, are you okay? And then like you see, um, Schrader take off his mask, and they're like we didn't mean for this to happen. We were just like playing a trick.
3: It's all a cruel prank.
1: Yeah, just a cruel prank. And then, um, Schrader tells them to like clean up the stuff and get ready that he was gonna stay with her because she was really scared. And so Macy, Sarah, and Chip go to clean up the stuff, and there's one jack-o'-lantern still lit up and she like breaks that one. And then they can hear things and they hear talking and then they're like, what the fuck is that? And so then they freak out and they run back. And, um, I think they just start calling for Schrader and then, um, he goes after them. And then when he finds them, they're like, we can hear stuff. We can hear stuff. And then they see them. And it's the little kids from the bus, um, that are all like decayed and creepy going after them and then they start running towards the little elevator and Rhonda's in it and the keys are on the ground and she's like they're like, No, let us in, let us in, we're not joking. We're let us in. And she picks up the keys and then just presses the up button and leaves them there.
0: In a bitchin' move.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dope ass <laughs> move. Legend. And then she she gets to the top and then you see Sam and she just like walks past Sam with her um I think she has a jack-o'-lantern or something in her hand.
0: She was earlier um, talking about how much she likes Halloween mm-hmm. by at least showing that she... It, it, it's, they call it Solwyn, but it's spelled Samhain, and I think they call it Samhain in Halloween too. Right, Kim?
2: They do, but I know it's Celtic, so I'm pretty sure the pronunciation is dependent on, you know, how, how it, where you're from and what the traditional way of pronouncing it.
0: Yeah. Like, I've learned it is Salwyn from, like, pretty much everything I mm-hmm. see. I just think it's funny how they didn't seem to know that during Halloween 2 when it's on the like, chalkboard, right? <laughs> or is it Halloween 4 on the chalkboard? No, it's Halloween 2, it's right? Two. No, it's not Halloween 4. Okay, yeah, it's 2 on the chalkboard. Yeah, so in my head, that, I, saw, I saw that movie first, you know? So I was like, why do they say it like that? I looked it up and I'm like, oh, because they're saying it right. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I think she very much passes the halloween tests that sam kind of places on it yeah that's um. the
1: story of the kids in the bus
0: your thoughts on it AJ?
1: um it's one of my favorites i don't know how it lays exactly i think it's second i really liked it i thought it was like kind of creepy like the creepiest moments of this movie and also it's like i don't know like relatable but sad but really good like to see Rhonda win in the end kind of thing even though those people are like for sure dead um and in theory you should you never win when you let people die but whatever (laughs) i really enjoyed that part i thought it was really cool
0: yeah i I
1: agree
2: it was an interesting segment i think um it had a lot of things i really liked about it i think having Rhonda be almost like a halloween traditionalist and having this like really great knowledge of Halloween was a really great tidbit, considering that the movie revolves around Halloween traditions and stereotypes. Yeah. I think interesting thing about this particular portion is the children, the actors, I should say who play the eight children on the bus, Um, the characters were portrayed to be children with some sort of disability or condition. The actors themselves also had disabilities and conditions, so I feel like it was really good for the casting choice to, even though they didn't really have any lines or anything really much to do, I think it was a great choice to include, you know, actors and children with disabilities to play yeah. these particular roles, and um, looking at the background for how it was made, they said they had a lot of fun on this set, doing those little creepy little moves they do at the end, so it's kind of an exciting little tidbit that makes this part a bit more fun, even though it is kind of creepy. You know, good for them. That's really
0: cool. I have no clue. That's really wholesome.
2: Yeah, and the story itself was kind of inspired by um, Charlie Brown, the great pumpkin, how they have the little, like, not necessarily the costuming, but more so the concept of, like, the little kids in costumes. I think there's a portion of the movie where they're, like, on a bus, too. So it's kind of lightly inspired by Charlie Brown, The Great Pumpkin, uh, which I love that because I used to watch that every year as a kid. So I—and also, like you said, the costuming was inspired by old photos of Halloween in the past. I believe the director himself referenced that he saw a couple photos of children with disabilities in, like, the 70s, and that's what kind of gave him a bit more inspiration for how the costuming should look. I'm not quite sure what photo he was referencing, but, you know, it gives a bit more ideals as to, like, how carefully they chose certain details for this movie and how much they put into, how much they put aspects of, like, Halloween that, you know, him himself and the writers really cared about into the movie and little details like that. But for the plot itself, I think it was pretty good. I mean, it's obviously really fucking sad and just plain story-wise that these kids' parents wanted to literally
3: dispose of
2: them, like, in the worst way. And on Halloween, like, how fucking dare you? It's Halloween. But just in general, that these parents paid this poor bus driver, also, fuck him. But they paid him to just kill their kids. I don't yeah, know how yeah. these parents thought this would go about in terms of, like... they'd all
0: agree on it.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. My kid went to school and then they died? Question mark? Like, no one's gonna ever think that that was sus that all their kids died on this bus. I don't think these parents know what the fuck is going on. But I think it's a very sad story. Um, And also, being pranked. Like, it's literally why teenagers... Fucking like the fucking My Chemical Romance show, like title, they scare the fuck out of me because teenagers are crazy Aww. and they're mean and they're scary and I don't like them. So I think this proves a lot as to why you know teenagers can be really cruel, especially to other to their peers. So I feel like having that whole aspect of, like, we're going to be friends with this girl. Just kidding. We're here to prank you for no other reason than the fact that we don't like you. And, like, I laugh because it's, it's like, funny. But it's also, like, it's really fucked up in and of itself. And um, I, I am glad there is a bit of, like, an ending where Rhonda, a fan of Halloween, gets to kind of be the only one that comes out of this alive. And the way that she kind of, like, she, like, makes eye contact with Sam, there's almost, like, a kind of, like, respect, like, you're good, yeah. I'm good, we're doing great, and I kind of fuck with that moment, so, it, it's good, it's good, It it is, it's not my favorite, but I definitely think it has... It has a lot more emotive impact, I guess. Like, I it is really sad to see that these kids died that way, and that poor Rhonda is kind of traumatized now from making friends. Who knows how how much trauma she's gonna have from this moving forward? But I think the zombies were done really well. Like the zombie kids were done pretty cool looking. The whole mm-hmm. um, setting of this particular portion of the movie was really dark and foggy. And again, I think it's highlighting the cinematography and the directing of this film, so I think it was well done. I think it was really well executed. Not my favorite, but good. I liked
0: it. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot visually, like mm-hmm. primarily. Um I think I think maybe it's it's a little drawn out, like maybe just a little bit. Um I hate to say it, but I think that it's maybe just it could have been snipped up just a little bit. But this movie barely hits an hour twenty as it is, so yeah. I can understand
3: I could understand. Yeah why it has the most
2: meat, I believe, of the all the stories
0: without cutting away from it especially yeah i think that this whole movie like we're explaining these as if they're one after the other but they're not like they they certainly jump and cut in between them and this one resolves most of it right away
2: yeah and there's also like cool parts in this where and this is a tie-in that i don't think really gets noted because of how we've broken this up in terms of explaining but there's moments of like there's like wolves howling at one point and Rhonda's like oh my god it's werewolves and they're like this bitch is crazy and like also like i not to say that i was like Rhonda, but i very much was like into that shit when i was young too so i was like probably the same bitch who was like halloween's so much fun halloween has always been my favorite holiday so having that like little tidbits of her just being like quote-unquote weird because she really likes halloween i'm like damn i fuck with that (laughs) i wasn't considered weird but i definitely i have the same sort of like passion and love for halloween so things like that that moment of the werewolves ties in to things later on too in the same way that macy sarah and chip were seen before in the earlier plot as well with stephen wilkins so everything kind of ties in when you're watching yeah but per explanation you know I'm, i'm trying to have those tie-ins but it wouldn't make sense if we explained it in the way the movie explained it it would just be too much back and forth uh,
3: but uh, that's just a small tidbit right there.
2: yeah a small tidbit of the howling wolves which we'll get to afterwards because it will be relevant later
0: uh, I sent some pictures into the Discord of old
1: Halloween yes. costumes. by the way. one of them looks like fucking Leatherface. <laughs>
0: like, it's kind of like a Mike Myers Leatherface hybrid, right? Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, it's
2: it's paper weird. mache. They see a lot of paper mache masks, and some people give it so creepy the yeah, really texture. Disturbing.
1: Also, is that one person just an elephant?
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to go into the the sure. princesses?
2: The princesses oh yes. I love them. oh <laughs> it's an interesting uh interesting story i guess so it it's
0: off... you say that so negative i thought this one was your favorite
2: um it's my favorite but i don't think for the reason that you think it's my favorite <laughs> that's interesting huh. um i mean yeah i guess it was my favorite but i'll get into why <laughs> so it starts off with the character laurie played by anna paquin Quick note, yes, she is named after Lori from Halloween. That was an intentional little detail that they put in here, and that's maybe why I really like her as well. So Lori is a probably like a quiet kind of, I guess I would say self-conscious woman. She looks like she's about 22. They're in a dressing room getting on their costumes for the night. Um, it's kind of funny how we get introduced to them trying on their costumes because this little boy played by Quinn Lord, the child that plays Sam, um, kind of peeping on them as they're changing and we see them kind of getting into their dresses and there are three of them, Danielle, Maria, Janet, and Lori. Sorry, that's four in total. Three friends and Lori. Um, Danielle is her sister. She is dressed as Cinderella. Maria, I believe, is the one dressed as Snow White. And Janet is... Is she Little Bo Peep? Was that her costume? I think so.
0: I mean, really... As bad as it sounds, none of them
2: really matter, but some Yeah, guess, yeah, honestly. Danielle's honesty. the only one that gets kind of included, but the other two are just, like, the side best friends that are kind of just there. But in what this whole scene is portraying is that Danielle, Maria, and Janet are in their very sexy little princess costumes. You know, titties out, ass out, but still really pretty. And Lori is dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. So she, again, a beautiful costume. But she very much is more covered up and conservative in the dress than the other three. So she feels a bit self-conscious about that as well. But her sister insists that she looks pretty and she looks fine. So she kind of just rolls with the costume anyway. And throughout, after that, throughout the night, they kind of start picking up dates to bring with them. And Danielle kind of lets it slip that Lori has never had her quote-unquote first time. She calls her a 22-year-old virgin, which, damn, didn't have to expose her like that, but she did. (laughs) And Lori explains that she wants her first time to be special and kind of declines on, you know, finding just a random guy on the streets. And each one of them kind of go about their way finding men and making it very clear to Lori that it's really easy to find a guy to go to a party with or their get-together. Then uh, it's kind of implied that it's a party. So the three of them, Danielle, Maria, and Janet, end up getting a ride to um, their get-together location. And Lori says she's going to meet them afterwards once she finds someone to bring with her. So she ends up going to the town festival that's being held. Um, on the way there, we kind of get a glimpse of a kind of side view of a hooded individual dressed up in a dark hood with a mask, making out with a woman or girl. I, I want to say a woman. I don't know what her costume is, to be honest. We don't really see much of it. But she's a woman. They're making out. They're going at it. And really, like, they're just going ham. And all of a sudden, she, like, stops and he stops. And there's, like, blood coming down from her arms and her hands and her neck. And it's implied that, like, this man creature thing is, like, a vampire who, like, killed her. And he later brings her body and, like, positions her in a really, like, creepy manner. And then that said individual has an encounter with Laurie, and he kind of ends up following her around. And she goes toward, like, she's heading towards a get-together. She's by herself in the woods, and she senses someone behind her. And it is the hooded man. Go ahead.
0: This is where they also kind of cut, and they... You don't see these characters for a while again mm-hmm. at one point here, mm-hmm. and I think when explaining it in this way, it makes it seem as all it ha- all happens really quick. Yeah, but there is kind of like an implied passing of time in between, kind of like where we are leaving off now and before they get to like the quote unquote party. And I just think it's kind of important because this is probably the one that stretches the longest, right? Like, yeah. The whole movie, they're yeah. the very first thing that's introduced and then the very, like almost the last plot line to get completed. Mm-hmm. So there is like, it does imply that a lot of the night is passed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of times that a lot of time that, um, Lori kind of spends at the festival enjoying that, um, to when after this, she meets them at the get together. It's, it is very much broken up and spread out throughout the rest of the movie. Um, So it kind of is like a bit like okay what is the point of these girls because not really much comes from it in the beginning and then throughout it's kind of like where is this going but um, after Lori witnesses or meets notices that the hooded man was following her he comes out from like behind a tree freaks her out and we see him bite her we see his teeth and he like bites her and she screams again this would be like another cut where we cut in the part of the movie and then we come back to it later Um, but we're just going to go through the whole thing real quick. And after that moment, when she screams, it's kind of like, it pops black. We don't know what happens. The girls are now at the get together, Danielle, Maria, Janet, talking, having fun. And then they see something fall from the tree covered in the red hood costume that Lori was wearing earlier. And it's like a really hard thud. Like, it even kind of started when the first time I saw it. I was like, damn, she fell straight down to the ground. No
3: cushion. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and they all kind of stop and they like walk over. And we see that instead of Lori being the one in the costume, which we kind of can get implied considering now we think, oh my god, the vampire attacked her, killed her, and dropped her body, it's actually the masked man who was inside the robe. And he's saying, help me. But he can't really speak too well. He's only making faces. And Danielle kind of, like, looks around and says, like, you're late. And Lori, Lori comes out from between the trees. Um, Obviously without her hood. Her hair is now down. She looks like, I don't know, she looks really pretty. I love Anna Paquin. She does. Um, And she says, sorry, um, I got held up. And then she says, he was following me. And then he bit me. And Danielle's checking her over, and she's like, come over here, whatever. And the other two girls, Maria and Janet, I believe it's Maria that goes up to him. I'm not quite sure. I get the mixed up. Goes up to him, opens his mouth forcefully. It's a pretty cool scene. And I... we see his teeth. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought he, she was going to tear his fucking face off.
2: Yeah. He <laughs> cries for his dog <laughs> heart. Again, this is yeah. what Aaron was saying. Like, the sound is really good in this movie because yeah. you can kind of hear, like the creaking of the tension almost in his jaw when she's trying to pry his mouth open. Um, so we can kind of feel that she's doing it with force without having to actually see anything gory or disgusting. Um, so the sound usage here is really good. And we see his like vampire to his fangs and she pulls them out and we see that they're actually just like fake, <laughs> um, that it's not real. He's not like actually a vampire. And she pulls off the mask and she asks him who he is. And it's revealed that he is Stephen Wilkins from the very first yes. portion that we talked about. He's the principal who killed little Charlie. And apparently was just going about Halloween night killing people because that's like what he does. Um, what I, a vibe. I,
0: ha- I had a thought, too, that I, when we first started watching this movie, I was like, there's a lot of serial killers in like this town. But really, there's one. Mm-hmm. yeah it's really just one you know one. like that's what's that's what's interesting
2: having a good old time and <laughs> <laughs> there danielle's talking to Lori, and she's like come on like i know it's your first time but like you know we, we all brought someone here and i think at this point Aj kind of mentioned like they're the only girls here like that's crazy where'd all the guys go and um, she said that and just silence met her
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. silence
2: because we were like shut up (laughs) yeah they were like the girls suddenly start kind of it's a really weird scene and it's very much like what i would say goes to the horror trope of like we have to have some kind of sex stuff in horror movies so all the girls start taking their clothes off their costumes off um it kind of like they're like moaning, they're like dancing around, they're like There's getting a clip naked. Of boobs. There there is a flash of boobs. Um, don't know why, but it's there. Yeah. And it's just this whole thing where you're like, Why are these bitches getting naked on this screen right now? I thought this was for children. <laughs> and <laughs> so they're taking off their clothes and Lori goes over to Steven and she kind of like straddles him and she's you know, telling him, like, it's my first time or whatever. And he's like, what are you? Like, what are you guys? And as the women are all kind of undressing themselves, we see that there's some physical features that also get changed. Their eyes change, I, t- I believe, like a yellow color. Um, They start, it's really cool. They start kind of taking off their skin and peeling, mm-hmm. like, their back and ripping their skin off. And underneath, there's, like, hair and long claws and there's like a scene of anna paquin's character where she like her spine is showing because of her dress um her spine kind of protrudes and then you hear like the crackling noise of bones and she's like you know arching and like looking like she's having like a little bit of a seizure but it's great it's really great execution and um in short these women all become werewolves And now we have Anna Paquin's character who never fully transitions or transforms. And the other, now she's surrounded by like big hairy dogs or wolves, I guess werewolves, who are starting to eat, now that we notice, the bodies of the men that they brought with them. And Anna Paquin, it's a really great shot where she like looks upwards and the camera shot's now um, up from like the tree line kind of view. She's looking up into the camera, and then her face kind of transforms, and then she goes back down and starts eating and killing Stephen Wilkins. And then, who we can assume is her sister in world form, howls, and that is a sound that we heard previous in the bus, um, school bus massacre storyline. So... It, and then and as they're doing that as the worlds are eating the men um cutie patootie little sam is just sitting there having a great <laughs> yeah. time watching them eat men and i've never fucked with something so much in my life because he is so cute he's sitting there and his little legs are swinging and it is the cutest <laughs> thing i have ever seen in my entire life like he's so cute and yeah i love this part i think it's really fucking I think it's really entertaining. I love the fact that a lot of what they did in this particular scene was actually practical. Practical effects. They had very little CGI that they put into it just because they know that CGI never really translates that well in film, but I want to give them a lot of credit for how well everything looks for it being practical effects. I think the skin ripping was cool. I think the hairy arms and nails were really cool. The facial makeup, like... I. that's what makes me really like this part is like someone who does fuck with like monsters like vampires and werewolves I think it was done really well so I, I had really a like thought, this part I had
0: a thought this time when they're transforming and they're kind of like there's a scene where they kind of peel off their arm and throw it and Mm -hmm. i realize that it's reverse of their introduction because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the beginning they're putting on like long gloves or like their stockings and they definitely peel off the skin the same way they pulled on their costumes in the beginning and i thought that was once i realized that i thought it was incredible like because at first you assume they're showing the detailed shots of them Putting on their costumes for skin's sake, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like uh, for for the sleaze of it all. But I really do think it's supposed to be the exact opposite of what happens at the end, and I I really appreciate that. I, I also want to say that it's hella cheesy, but <laughs> really great when they play Marilyn Manson's "Sweet Dreams." Oh, yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. it would make me roll my eyes in like any other movie, but for some reason when it plays in this movie, I'm like, fuck yeah!
1: <laughs> yeah, I really like this part. I. For all the reasons that, of course, I like this part. Um I just, I like, didn't see it coming. I don't know why. I, I really assumed this movie was a slasher movie. So when I introduced four women that are trying to just have sex and there's one virgin, I was like, oh, she'll be the final girl, whatever, whatever. Um, Like, I didn't think too much about it. And so when it shows up they're like fucking murdering all these men like it took me by surprise and then also I was just very satisfied by it like it was very much like oh that's fun like I mean I when (laughs) I think after I said it's just girls it's like where did the men go and then I was like did they kill the men in my head and then it was like then they started showing bodies and I was like oh they killed the men (laughs) and then I was like oh they're taking their skin off are they werewolves (laughs) And then they were werewolves, so it was very much like, oh, okay. Like I kind of caught on as it went, instead of like figuring it out earlier on. And I really appreciate a movie that can do
3: that.
0: There's um also two lines I wrote down that I liked uh in the beginning of this movie where they're talking about hooking up with guys in the changing room as they're choosing their uh, costumes in the beginning. They even say, "Oh, I think Sarah's was a girl," and then she goes, "Whatever. They all taste the same." Mm-hmm. And that's like yes. one of the first little hints, and then later they go oh why are you worrying about your sister so much and she says oh, my mom always said she was the rent of the litter
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> which has, like you know goes
0: deeper than just that metaphor yeah uh, yeah and, and i yeah. love those little hints in hindsight um i think it's great and my favorite is bringing back the principal i think that was just such a great little twist
1: yeah i agree i agree
0: to have him show up and it's funny because I'm, I'm not sure if you said it intentionally kim but AJ was like, "Oh, he's so creepy," and then you were like, "Oh, it's just the glasses." And yeah. I like, oh, I get it. That's funny. And then later, I totally forgot. I'm like, "Oh no, he's supposed to be like kind of
2: hunky when he's a vampire," you
0: know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like,
2: "So maybe it was just the glasses, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> he has like the dark eye makeup under the mask too, which I never understand why men do that, but they do. um
0: If you don't want your, it looks uh, under a mask. It's important so you don't see like your eyes. Like it. it makes masks look way
2: better yeah i i, I kind of figured because like <laughs> bucky has that underneath his yeah. glasses and, and i was like why the fuck did they put eye makeup on this dude and it's because of that to to hide the illusion of like the skin in the eyes to kind of darken it it was just always funny to me I, like you take off a mask but you have makeup underneath like i can't imagine how sweaty that would be as someone who wears makeup, so I'm like, I just Ugh. Know like,
0: like a Myers mask looks like shit unless your eyes are painted. Mm-hmm. It's just like a fact. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, you wouldn't quite think
2: so, but it's true. Yeah, this is the most outlandish storyline, which I think is kind of what makes me enjoy because it's so kind of. And I'm pretty sure some people might not like this part because it is so outlandish. But I don't know. I I kind of like cheesy werewolf movies sometimes. There's some <laughs> nostalgia in that. Who I like? No. <laughs> Good cheesy werewolf movies, <laughs> not this one.
0: All right, so this leaves us with just our last Yay! one. Yay! Um, I'm probably gonna, to some degree, I, I feel like I've been thinking about how we're gonna approach this one, and mm-hmm. I think this one's pretty short. because yes. it's Yeah. Beat by beat, it's just uh, it is too much. But um, we finally go to the perspective of the crotchety neighbor of Mister Wilkins, the one that kept visiting and messing with him uh while he was trying to bury the body and he's also he lives pretty close to the robot family from the very beginning Mm -hmm. is that also implied across the street yeah
1: he lives across the street
0: yes and i believe this happens all pretty early i you know what i forgot to mention uh when i was explaining the story with the principal that Mm -hmm. before he goes back in to kill his son there's a moment where he sees the neighbor grabbing onto the bars and saying help me help me help me but because he's an asshole he's like oh whatever fuck you
1: yeah he's a serial uh, killer yeah
0: and and he leaves him (laughs) um also it's been driving me crazy what um the who the neighbor looks like and i researched it Mm -hmm. a little bit ago and and i I found out the the neighbors intentionally designed Mm -hmm. to look like john carpenter yes (laughs) Which is he has prosthetics on and everything. He does, and that is so funny to me because honestly, John Carpenter, I love the fuck out of the man, but he's the crotchiest old man that exists. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't get much more crotchety and angry (laughs) than John Carpenter, so I, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Um, Not me
1: Googling John Carpenter. Uh,
0: d- a director of Halloween and the thing, uh the horror icon, And they live. And they live. Man, I was watching a, a review uh, uh, yesterday of some of my favorite movie reviewers of all time. Uh, they were reviewing every single John Carpenter movie. Uh, and it's like 18 films. And they're doing it episodically. And the top five is their next episode and they live still hasn't been brought in. And I was like, justice <laughs> they seen also, justice for they live. He's
1: doing Halloween kills and he did Christine, which we brought up earlier. He today. did Christine.
0: Yes. Uh, he's, he's doing the music only for the new Halloween movies. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, but I think him doing the music for Halloween 2018, uh, was so crucial to that movie's success. <laughs> uh, cause he's a legend, but he's a crotchety old man. But, uh, The guy, the crotch the old man, Krieg, that's supposed to look like John Carpenter. He kind of connects almost all of the things we've seen previously.
3: Yeah. They kind
0: of all happen around him. Like, um, but we'll we'll get to that. He is inside. He eats some chocolate and doesn't like it. And he's very clearly an alcoholic because they decorated his apartment with bottles of alcohol. Uh, I think he's introduced by kids coming and knocking on his door and then his pets chasing them away his pet chasing them away (laughs) so uh there's some kids that we've kind of seen in the background in a couple of these like short segments who go up to a door to trick or treat and then these evil eyes look through the door and chase the kids away and it turns out to be Mr. Krieg's dog in a Halloween costume which I forget which one of you pointed it out but it is kind of weird how the guy seems to hate Halloween but still bought a costume for his dog it was me (laughs) yeah you're, you're right there um well, then he goes in and they show that he's like an alcoholic and he has all these bottles and he's just a grump. And this is when they start to kind of show all the different uh segments kind of connect where you see the same news broadcast from earlier in the movie introducing like the festival they throw and everything shown on the T V and um then he gets is it a knock at his door that gets him going?
2: Yeah. I believe so, yes.
0: Uh so he, he goes to his door and basically winds up being attacked by Sam, to make a long story short. Uh, he's not celebrating Halloween in any way, and very he's like the Scrooge of Halloween, and uh, Sam winds up attacking him in many ways. But there's like a thing where he doesn't realize Sam is there at first, and he goes outside to see if it's his neighbor making all the noise, and we're put in the same time of Mr. Wilkins trying to bury Charlie in the backyard, and then he turns around and goes back in his house and that's when sam starts attacking him but all a lot of the shorts kind of start coming together and all centralize around the house and i think it's fucking genius in the way it's pulled off i think it's it's awesome to show kind of a how quick these things happened in succession and how everything yeah. was going along and just to wrap up like sam's involvement in general but mr krieg has a shotgun and he winds up having a long fight with sam where sam stabs him in the leg with a chocolate bar knife um, kind of multiple times in various different legs. And it finally happens where Mr. Krieg is able to reload his gun and shoot. Oh, first he tears off Sam's sack mask, right? Mm-hmm. And Sam underneath is like a pumpkin demon. Could you guys explain it yeah. much better? He's,
3: he's a he's pumpkin kind of like a demon.
1: <laughs> okay, but he looks like a demon.
3: No,
2: he's a little prince. He's so cute. He's-, he's a little pumpkin head. It is so fucking cute
0: but uh he's he's very clearly just like a like a pumpkin with eyes and the, kind of a skull at the same time.
2: He kind yeah. of reminds
0: me of the uh the Halloween 2 pumpkin. Uh, you know, I'm talking about Kim during the opening credits. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He
0: kind of reminds me of that but a bit cuter, I guess. Yeah. But um Krieg is able to get a headshot onto him and my favorite portion of this whole <laughs> movie might just be that he bleeds pumpkin innards and stuff. It's so it's funny. <laughs> Yeah. It made me so happy when I first saw that. That's the kind of shit I'm in for. Like, oh my god. (laughs) That's when I knew I loved this fucking movie.
2: And he Um, slides across the floor so cute until he bumps against the wall. It's so cute. He's a corpse at that point. It's so cute.
0: (sighs) But he... (laughs) So he's there, but then the old old man has seen Zombieland so he does the double tap and reloads the shotgun (laughs) and shoots him again in, like, the chest and more pumpkin stuff comes out. And then he shoots his hand off. And these, like, weird, gross pumpkin strands with seeds hanging off of the the lopped-off wrist. So Sam's lying there, dead, and the old man takes his phone and starts uh, trying to call the police. He's talking to the police for, like, two seconds when the line gets pulled. And he's li- his phone's now useless. And you see the severed hand of Sam crawling across the ground, like, Evil Dead style. And he's able to stab the old man again really ending his chances here as both of his legs have been stabbed now and he's stuck on the ground and then the hand kind of inches back to sam sam wakes up and reattaches his hand and he starts approaching john carpenter (laughs) (laughs) he's approaching john carpenter slowly and john carpenter's kind of grasping at straws trying to get anything he can get to defend himself and he pulls a bowl of candy on top of himself trying to reach for a whiskey bottle takes the whiskey bottle breaks it, goes to stab Sam with it, Sam disarms, Sam disarms him and throws away the bottle, takes a lollipop, bites it off till it's sharp, and is about to stab him, when he stabs the chocolate bar that's on the old man's chest, and you assume that at first he's going to die, but it was, turns out he was just getting the chocolate bar, and because he was presented with candy, he's upholding Halloween traditions, and he will spare John Carpenter's life this night. So he holds, he puts his mask back on, holds the chocolate bar up to his mouth, takes a bite of it, and walks out of the front door. As soon as he walks out of the front door, they show the house across the street where the couple from the very beginning of the movie is getting back. And she is saying that her mother would be there tomorrow and would hate to see the Halloween decorations. Sam sees the front to halloween going on across the street and looks at his lollipop which is the same weapon used to kill her in the beginning of the movie and the movie kind of comes full circle do you guys want to talk Beautiful. about the ending at all
1: um the only thing that can come to my mind is that zombie land came out after this movie um <laughs> it's
0: true i don't
1: this is it was great i really liked it
0: was this the kind of like the Sam slasher portion you were expecting the movie to be?
1: I don't know. I guess so, but like, I, the problem is I really like Sam and I think he's adorable and he's a fave, but this is probably one of the lower ones of the clips for me. Hmm. Like, of the stories. Um, And I think it's because I just don't get that buy-in to the character to the same level, which I'm all about characters.
0: You don't like so, John Carpenter.
1: I don't like John Car- Carpenter. <laughs> You've heard it here first.
0: Kip? I'm sure you got, a, you got a lot here, right?
2: I love it. I think it's so cute and so fun, and I think we finally get to see Sam in action. He's been kind of in the shadows and the rest of <laughs> throughout the movie, just kind of been there, this cute little adorable, big-headed little thing. And the background are in shots, and I think this part was just—I personally really like it. I think it—it it is very much like it's so funny seeing a grown man fight with a child like that, and it's pretty brutal. He like throws him into the wall at one point, and the way he yeah. falls is so funny.
0: So when it's not a kid, it's like a four foot seven gymnast. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's like a—it's a obviously a stunt in, but yeah. it's just incredible. Like it's so cool, and he's vicious, man. Sam really knows how to throw hands. He was not kidding. He takes Halloween very seriously, no, and I I vouch does. for that. Um, I think the character Mr. Krieg is like pretty interesting. Um, I like that he's such a grump when it comes to Halloween, and we can kind of attest that to maybe. What happened last Halloween that he remembers, which is with the kids? I was say, I, I forgot. How did I forget? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what makes him so, um, distasteful towards Halloween. Is we find out via photographs in the fireplace and the ending that Mister Krie- Krieg was the bus driver from the bus, um. the bus story so he was the one that was gonna kill these poor disabled children on halloween and ended up coming out alive and that's why at the end when mr Cree gets that knock on the door and it's the resurrected kids waiting to get their vengeance it's kind of a full circle thing like i forgot to i forgot
1: to you forgot to bring that up yeah Yeah. i forgot (laughs) to
2: bring that up (laughs) <laughs> uh, well there we go that's how it ends he <laughs> yeah. um he opens the door when someone knocks thinking it's going to be um trick-or-treaters and it's the kids the resurrected kids from the bus ending coming to his doorstep ready to you know throw some Kill hands him. as they should <laughs> but before as before they that
0: they show him giving out candy to candy kids to, beforehand yeah. showing that he's learned his lesson and that he's going to celebrate Halloween now but it just happens that his second batch of trick-or-treaters were the children he tried to kill
2: yeah and Sam's watching from like the tree making kill. sure that he is giving candy he's like bitch I catch you slipping again I'm gonna come back for your ass and he <laughs> knew better he knew better he made eye contact with Sam and was like I'm giving them candy like you see I'm giving them candy you and respect. <laughs> He knows. <laughs> Sam was going to come back to collect if he wasn't going to start celebrating right and this that's why Kim, I love we Sam
0: to candy. <laughs> yeah. it's like Kim shows up we like yo
2: here's a die." <laughs> it's a tradition <laughs> um, but a lot of it I think I really appreciate the character of Mr. Creek just because I think again we, we get a bit more we get his character not from this himself but more so from the connection to the other story
3: Yeah, knowing
2: what he did to those kids probably is the reason why he's not really fond of Halloween. Maybe that's why he drinks a lot. Like, there's a lot of his character that can be inferred from other parts of the movie that, again, is just inference. But I think it's pretty well sought out assumptions to be made on his character. I think having him be, you know, kind of a little figure or not towards John Carpenter also is a personal little thing I like about it. There's a line that he says. um, Oh, I think it's. We all laughed at it. It was. um, Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me! And that's the line that was taken from the thing, which is another nod to John Carpenter's movie.
0: Oh, I thought that sounded like familiar.
2: (laughs) So it's it's a cool little like they really gave a lot into creating John Carpenter as a character, which I kind of find that to be really great. And just the thought of John Carpenter being beat up by an eight-year-old kind of makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) So this is more enjoyable than anything else. I think the brains being a pumpkin, I think him being a little pumpkin prince is just the cutest little thing ever. And really... I mean, the name Sam is a derivative of... Um, Sam Hain. Exactly. Or, or Salm, however they pronounce it. Salwin. Yeah,
3: Salwin. Yeah.
2: And I think that also was just like the embodiment of Halloween being this cute little pumpkin-headed child is just so cute to me. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I really like it for that reason. And I can understand why Sam became a big favorite because he is a big favorite of mine. Even though he's not part of the slasher bros he's not like Michael or Jason or anything he's still very memorable and I think part of that is because he is the embodiment of Halloween and just like anyone else who loves Halloween or loves horror we take the holiday you know pretty seriously and it is one of my favorite holidays personally so um I think having him be that is another thing that kind of adds that connection towards his character even though he doesn't say anything he makes his cute little like kid sound just so adorable. It makes him likable, and I really like this part, even though it's really short, um, and more comical than anything, and pretty outlandish. I think this is probably like my second favorite, just because he is just so darn cute.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I-, I thought this. I think this is my second favorite too. But for some reason, I never really
0: considered this one one of the stories. I thought of it as like the wrap up.
3: You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in Creepshow,
0: you don't consider when the little kid stabs the voodoo doll of his dad at the end like one of the segments you know yeah
2: but it's yeah. it,
0: it, but it's certainly a lot longer than that so i i'm, I'm totally comfortable accepting it as like a, a, a one of them but in my head for some reason it was always like the ending bonus yeah um i'm not sure i would like sam a quarter as much if he didn't bleed pumpkin guts <laughs> <laughs> like something about the pumpkin guts at the end i'm like oh my god this movie's incredible <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think if he was just, like, a child in a mask, it wouldn't have hit the same as it as him being, like, a demonic pumpkin child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it very, like, I think people expected him to be, like, a ghost or a spectral or just, like, a creepy kid, like the omen or something, but him being, like, a literal pumpkin, like, I yeah. don't know. I find, and it's so cool how like the door opens for him. Like he has was all just these about cute to say little that. powers.
0: That was super cool. Yeah, the him showing the door at the end. It's like, oh yeah, he's a god. Don't fuck yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah. Some candy and light a jack o' lantern.
2: He's the god of Halloween. Oh my god. I mean, behind him when he first shows up in the bedroom, the pumpkin gets lit on fire. Which I think that shot. Is so fucking cool. Yeah. The background on the wall has like writing on it, and then the pumpkin, yeah. the jack-o'-lantern, is just like flaming on the inside, and the light from the flames is kind of reflecting across the room. And cute little baby boy Sam is just standing there by the bed, and it is an amazing shot. Like it is just like it's crazy. I love it.
0: Uh, that pumpkin, the specific design of the teeth of that pumpkin, is also a very popular merchandise thing now like the, the the trick or treat pumpkin like uh shutter always has their you know the yule log that netflix has It's like yeah. the, the fireplace yeah uh shutter has the ghoul log where it's a pumpkin that's so cool um but i think last year they introduced the trick or treat ghoul log
3: mm-hmm. and
0: it's particularly that pumpkin and as, like, you know, it's probably, like, a 20-minute thing before it loops, but you can hear, like, werewolf howls and, That's like, puking really cool. down yeah. the stairs really cool. and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's pretty great. It's not as calming as a normal gulag, though, because, you know, someone vomits every 20 minutes. But <laughs> 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 but it's a good time, and that pumpkin and its very specific teeth are very prominent.
2: Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love this ending part. It's It's so great.
0: I think the way it connects to all of the other ones within the course of like five minutes is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and I think that's something this movie should be commended on big time is just how many times near weaves like and it never feels like hella forced either in my opinion. I feel like it's it's typically pretty natural, like I'd say the most common one that happens is they'll pass the couple from the beginning in the robot costume quite often. Like they'll brush against them or Mm -hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just think it flows really naturally, and there's some really good transitions. There's a transition during the werewolf one where Sam is sitting on that log watching mm-hmm. everyone, and then it cut oh, yeah. the transitions and fades into Sam's big circle circular fucking head turning into the full moon, and it's incredible. Um, I think it's I think it's really well made. I haven't looked anything into the budget, but I can't imagine it was a huge budget. Um, but they, they it fucking works, uh, and I think this is probably. This might be the latest horror movie that I still enjoy that I have, like after the night after scream it's it's rough for me for like a long time. I don't enjoy a whole hell of a lot of movies that came out but like this and like Cabin in the Woods are like two I need to like set aside to point out that these rock. Um and 20 uh, to, this is the fact to, that I love a horror movie from 2007 so much it's like weird for me but I think it
1: rocks my final thoughts are that I love this movie um I really like the way I (laughs) okay so ever since I've been a child I've really liked movies where that interconnect and like storylines that interconnect so this fully fed into that whole thing like I like some really trash movies but just because they have like eight cast members and you get to see how they're all friends I'm like (gasps) wow fantastic so this movie is actually really good and it does that so it's very enjoyable for me um and I really like all the individual stories are so unique but they still connect and I think it's just like really well done I just
2: really enjoyed it I think anthology series for me are always kind of a hit or miss I think throughout you know every Halloween season there's always a new release of some sort of Halloween or horror anthology and to be honest they don't always make it for me um it's either going to be a production issue or a plot issue or something that kind of makes it go wrong or be really boring um but I think this movie is entertaining and they did a really good job of having the interconnectivity throughout all the stories I think there's a lot of really interesting plots that occur individually but also together so I think stylistically was really well done um I think it had pretty good amount of like comedy moments that were really well placed amongst you know thrilling moments there's a simplistic storyline that's not really hard to follow um but it still is very disturbing in some of them and still very horror-centric so I, I do think it being a sort of homage to Halloween itself is what makes it very likable and very easy to swallow um I think the character design was really well done. I think the costuming is very colorful, very well thought out, and very detailed. I think the lighting and the shots were well done and the acting was really on par. I think a lot of what we see that goes right with this movie is these exact things. Lighting, acting, whatnot. That kind of makes this movie not look cheap. There's nothing wrong with low budget movies, but it does give it that effect of thought time money and effort was put into creating a cast list and creating um a good movie out of something so i think the effort that was put into it is really well done really thought out but it doesn't come off too dry or too boring at the same time it's not super campy or exaggerated i think it falls really well in the middle i do think the one drawback is you know when you have bite-sized stories you don't really get much room for development So there are a lot of characters that audiences probably don't really connect much and or can relate to. Um, Personally, I don't really feel attached to any of the characters, really minus Sam. So if that's kind of more your thing, I don't think this movie does a lot of that. Not because it doesn't try to, but because you do have very limited time with each story, with each character. But even that being said, I think there is some substance in the plots that make it at least somewhat enjoyable and easy easy to follow. Um, I think a lot of what I like about this movie. Is just the little hints here and there. From other movies. Or the tidbits of the behind the scenes. That make it so fun to kind of see. Um, the four stories individually. I think are pretty well, well written. Um, are they the best? Probably not. Are they unique? In some ways yes. In most ways no. But I don't think that takes away from the movie itself. I think... Having very different, it almost like cycles through the Halloween experience um, in a bit. Like father son bonding, I kind of made that joke in the beginning for the very first portion of it. The way that you spend Halloween with your parents, I think it's kind of indicative of like the early days of Halloween tradition and how it begins. The girl boss, gaslight, like, gatekeep, 20s, um, how you <laughs> kind of go to Halloween, dress slutty to have a good ass time. What a vibe. You know, in another phase in your life, like you being a teenager, doing creepy shit, being mean, maybe being a bully or being the bullied, having that kind of, you know, first time on your own Halloween experience is that massacre bus storyline. And then being the old grouchy Mr. Craig will never be me because I will always love Halloween. But, you know, for older (laughs) people, it's just not as fun and Halloween tends to be kind of like a drier time, so I think if you kind of see it in that way, as it being almost like a cycle of the Halloween experience, as well as being a thematic, um, a thematic storyline of Halloween, I think it can be pretty enjoyable. Again, it's not really something you have to put much thought or effort into. It is simply a really good, fun, enjoyable time. Um, if you dislike this movie, that's totally fine. I think it is one that very much revolves around you wanting to have an easy Halloween thrill it's not going to be scary it's not going to be super in-depth and psychological it very much is just a fun time um and I think that's what everyone kind of looks forward to on Halloween and if you like cute creepy pumpkin kids I think this movie has exactly (laughs) what you're looking for I will never not bat for my boy Sam but it is a great movie again you know, when you're facing anthology series, just kind of manage expectations to kind of what you're looking for. But it is very much a very cute, quirky, entertaining movie. And it is one of my favorites for Halloween. So I'm glad we watched this movie.
0: I'm glad we all agree and like in this movie. I, I I love it to bits. I think, I think instead of it, go, like there's so many different sections of horror movies, you know, like... Kim and I are living proof that you can both love horror, but, like, completely opposite sides of horror. Like, there's so many different genres within horror, and I feel like this one lightly scratches all of them. It doesn't, like, deeply yeah. scratch any one, but it's a <laughs> it lightly scratches a variety. And I think that just makes it so that there's something I think everybody would like in this movie.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I guess, un- un- unless the only movies you really liked were, like, Conjuring, A Paranormal Activity, like... Yeah, supernatural movies is really none of that in that in this. Um,
1: I mean, he makes the door move by itself. So. There you go. <laughs> uh,
0: you know what? That's half of those fucking movies anyway, right? Our doors yeah. make on their own. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Perfect. Look,
2: look at her. She's an expert now. <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean, Sam can take any of those demons in a fight. I'm just going to say that right now. Sam would kick yeah, Toby's ass. No competition.
0: I agree, but I think it, it it kind of covers all the bases and it makes it like the perfect Halloween. Um, I really think so. I think the closest thing we've had to, like, a Halloween mascot previously was maybe Michael Myers, who was, like, incredible, but not, didn't really embody Halloween in the way Sam does, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because Sam would not kill you as long as you toilet papered a house that didn't give you candy, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Michael would kill your ass regardless. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm glad we all, we're all on a good page in this movie. I think, um, even you said, like, if you don't like this movie, I totally get it. I, I agree with you, but at the same time Oh I won't don't like think you. You could say this movie's like <laughs> Yeah, there's no way you could be like, Oh, Turkish is just dog shit. Like, no, you have to like part of it. Yeah. And I think it I think it's different it does represent different genres as well as in it's like with the principle it's almost like a comedy, like evil dead esque type stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think, you know, sweet dreams playing as they eat as the the werewolves eat all those people i mean that's like a completely different genre of horror and then with john carpenter at the end it's a straight up 80s slasher yeah Yeah. it does all of it not even in an hour and a half an hour of 20 minutes which makes it like the perfect easily absorbed halloween movie like ever um it's the type of shit i would watch on amc when i was 14 you know it was yeah, a week before exactly. halloween and i couldn't think of a better movie like it, as weird as this it to be a great movie to watch on cable you know with commercials mm-hmm. all the time you'd be like uh oh, whatever trick-or-treat like yeah know? and i i i fucking love this movie and all the vibes it brings so I'm, I'm glad we all enjoyed it me too we all kind of went around we're all happy with leaving mm-hmm. trick-or-treat here yeah yeah all right well next week after watching this movie, I think it's time we watch Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island. Yes! Because uh, there's a brief snippet of that movie in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, I've been Aaron.
1: I've been AJ. I'm Kim.
0: And uh, a big I, a big I love you to all the pumpkin children out there. <laughs> We're support- we love you and uh, we support you and uh, Kim's willing to adopt you.
3: Yes. <laughs>